Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Good day, listeners. Welcome to today's broadcast. Persecution. It doesn't really sound appealing, does it? When you call to mind the pictures of refugees forced to flee from their homes and lands, when you think of their hardship and suffering, and then you wonder, how can Jesus say that blessed are those who are persecuted? When is that true? Of whom is it true? Is it true of all who are persecuted? Of the thousands of Jews and Muslims and Hindus who have been or who are being persecuted to death? Is it true of any and all who call themselves Christians? When you think about it for a moment, you realize it's not so. You remember that in the Beatitudes, Jesus is addressing the people of the covenant, about the people of the covenant. And that means in the first place that Jesus is focusing on Israel, that set-aside people of God. Matthew wrote in the context of that covenantal relationship, and that becomes clear already from his opening chapter, where he speaks of Jesus as the great king upon the throne of David, whom God had given to his covenant people. When Jesus then preaches his Sermon on the Mount, then it's the great king who is addressing his people. It's altogether misleading, therefore, to assert that in the Beatitudes, Christ reaches into and beyond the church of the Christian name. Rather, Christ proclaims to his church of Old and New Covenant how great the treasures are, how immense the wealth of his kingship is, and he announces to them the law of his kingdom and the blessings upon obedience to that law. Now he has come to the eighth and last Beatitude. He finishes with a word of blessing that announces the same blessedness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, with which he had begun the Beatitudes. And that tells us that he is still addressing the same people, the children of the covenant, the heirs of the kingdom of heaven. I would invite you to listen with me then to the eighth Beatitude. We're going to try to understand what it is Jesus is saying in this last Beatitude. It's a remarkable, but at the same time, a disturbing fact that the Bible often speaks of persecution, the persecution of those who belong to and are followers of Jesus. We read about it from Matthew 10. Behold, said Jesus, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. That already sounds foreboding, doesn't it? But then it comes, beware of men. For they will deliver you up to councils and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings. And then he said, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Jesus not only says that there will be persecution, but he also says that that persecution is there because of him. It's there, he says, because I chose you. In our text, he says that they are blessed who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And that's really another way of saying, you're blessed 
if you're persecuted for my sake. And it also becomes very clear why such people are persecuted. Jesus is the righteous one, and all who by faith belong to him, they hunger and thirst for righteousness, remember? The righteous, the upright in heart, want to live the word. They want to do the word because they know that it is only the word of the living God that determines what is right and good and just. That becomes their undoing as far as their place in the world is concerned. That started the very beginning of man's history and sin when Cain killed Abel. But why? By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he received approval as righteous. Abel was a righteous man because he offered himself to God in wholehearted commitment and service to him. He was righteous because he loved the work of righteousness. But that's also why he was hated. Paul minces no words when he says to Timothy, All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, all such will be persecuted. And therein lies the root of the persecution of all who seek to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Because of their commitment to the Lord, they face the persecution of the world. Paul writes in Romans 8, quoting Psalm 44, For thy sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. That's an awesome thing, a frightening thing. It's important that we keep on reading, because Paul goes on to say, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So who does the persecuting of Christians? Well, the obvious answer to that question is the world of unbelief and of unrighteousness, the world of hatred and rebellion against God. Jesus had said it clearly, in the world you have tribulation. But then he immediately added, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Then you understand, you can, you must expect to be persecuted by those who are not of the Lord. They will do everything in their power to hinder your witness and to undermine your foundation. They will do everything to deprive, to rob you of the freedom wherewith Christ has set you free. They will do everything in their power to bring you back under the enslaving powers of the gods of this age. And they have many weapons at their disposal, not the least of which is the media, which enslaves the millions with its corrupt and corrupting programs. And therefore be alert, therefore be on your guard. The devil uses not only the powers of this world, he uses also the powers of the church, of the church that has become apostate, corrupt. The attack that comes from within is much more deceptive and much more destructive. It's often not even recognized. We often refuse to recognize it because it is so very painful. It is painful to have to acknowledge that people whom you know, that perhaps flesh and blood relatives, that such people are actually engaged in persecuting those who seek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But that is precisely the witness of the Scriptures. When you look again at the passage which was read from Matthew 10, and then you hear Jesus say not only, They will deliver you up to councils and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake. But then he also says, Brother will deliver up brother to death, and the father his child and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. 
It has happened throughout the history of God's people that the righteous, the faithful covenant keepers, were persecuted by the wicked, the faithless covenant breakers. When you turn to the New Testament, then you find not only that Jesus is put to death by the chief officers of the Old Testament church, but you find the same thing happening after Pentecost. On the day that Stephen was stoned to death, a great persecution arose against the church in Jerusalem. And in Antioch of Pisidia, in Iconium, at Lystra, the Jews persecuted Paul and Barnabas. The persecutors claimed to be acting in the name of the Lord, but always they did it in defiance of his word. Always they did it, refusing to yield to the revelation of the Lord in Jesus Christ. So it has been throughout the history of the church. Paul warned the elders of the church at Ephesus, Take heed to yourselves and to your flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. That warning is as relevant today as it was when Paul first spoke it to those Ephesian elders. Always the church has had to deal with members, to deal with people who know how to lead, who know how to manipulate, who know how to control the church of Jesus Christ with pious talk, with deceptive talk, with talk that will incite their followers to persecute those who want only to be faithful to the word of the Lord. Whenever that happens, and wherever that happens, it is so important that all who must endure such betrayal must be mindful of the blessing Jesus pronounces on all who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Theirs, he says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Christ says, when you are persecuted, persecuted for righteousness' sake, then you may be sure of the Lord's blessing. What is the nature of that blessedness? It is their king, the great king, who is speaking this word of blessing to them. Now he repeats the word of blessing he had spoken in the first beatitude. Hear him now incorporate them into his fellowship. He says to them, what is mine is yours. Oh, yes, you may be severely persecuted, but remember the kingdom, my kingdom, it is yours. You are now and you forever will be citizens of that kingdom. That is your blessedness today and forever. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening. Till next time.